Good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests. Here we are, week number 10 on the series from the life of Elisha called Living for a Cause. And um, actually, I began last Sunday on the account of the turnaround, the incredible turnaround that God brought when um, the, the city of Samaria was under siege from the enemy from the king of Syria. So um, we already found out a whole load of keys about this turnaround last Sunday and uh, just such a powerful thing that you know what, God will bring the turnaround. He has promised he will and he will. But today we're going to go to the centre of the story, which I didn't even read last Sunday. And we're going to start to read from verse number um, one of 2 Kings chapter 7 and it says this, Then Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Tomorrow at this time one seer of fine flour will be sold for one shekel and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. That's the place of the siege. And then somebody said, I don't believe it. We dealt with that um, in the last Sunday. So verse 3, Now there were four lepers at the entrance of the gate and they said to one another why are we sitting here until we die if we say we'll enter into the city then famines in the city will die there and if we sit here then we'll die here let us now surrender to the army of the Syrians to the enemy if they keep us alive then we're going to live if they kill us then we're only going to die and they it says in verse 5 they stir themselves up they rise up at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians and when they come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp to their surprise no one was there I love this I love the way the Bible says it to their surprise no one was there for the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses the noise of a great army and so they said to each other look the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the uh, of the Egyptians to, to attack us. Therefore they arose and they fled at twilight and they left the camp intact, their tents, their horses, their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. I love to see the enemy fleeing away from the things of God. Isn't it just brilliant? And when these guys, these, these four lepers, when they came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent, they ate and they drank, they carried from it silver and gold and clothing and they went and hid them and they came back and they entered another tent and they carried some from there also and they went and hid. Then they said to one another, we're not doing the right thing here, this day is a day of good news. And we remain silent. If we wait until the morning, some punishment will come upon us. Now, therefore, come on, let's go back and tell the king's household. So they went and they called to the gatekeepers of the city and they told them, saying, we went to the Syrians' camp. And surprisingly, no one was there, not a human sound, only horses and donkeys tied and the tents were all intact. And the gatekeepers called out and they told it to the king's household inside. So the king arose in the night and he said to the servants, let me now tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know we're hungry and they've gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field and they've said when we come out of the city we will catch them alive and we will go into the city and we'll take the city. And so there's this servant and they said please let us take several men and five of the remaining horses which are, are in the city look and he, and he says come on let's go find out if this is true. 
and they take the chariots and in verse 15 they go after them to the Jordan and indeed all the road was full of garments and the armor of the Syrians that they'd thrown away in their haste as they were escaping and so they come and they tell the king, verse 16, and the people went out, they plundered the tents of the Syrians. So one seer of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two seers of barley for a shekel according to the word of the Lord. Now, I know we covered some of that just last Sunday, but this is an incredible account. I love this. One of my favorite passages in the Bible. Thank God for these four lepers. These guys brought the turnaround. These guys were used by God, if I can put it like that. Um, they worked in partnership with God to bring deliverance to the whole city. You know what? God is an incredible God and God has all the power he needs, but he still works with people. He still works with you and he works with me. There are times he works in spite of us, but so many times in the Bible, as somebody does something, God breaks through. And that's really the whole account here. As somebody did something, God broke through. We can find that all the way through the Bible. Take up your bed and walk. When somebody does something, God breaks through. So we're going to find out just five or six, seven keys here today um, that can empower us to get the breakthrough like these guys got the breakthrough. The first point today is this, walk away from dead things. Walk away from dead things. Um, I love this attitude of these four you know, guys. They were outcasts, these these, they had a skin disease. They were lepers. They weren't allowed in the city. They'd be stoned to death. And there was an enemy just down the road and they were starving. But they had this attitude that says, you know what? There's death there in the city. There's death here. So we're going to walk away from death. We're going to walk away from dead things. That can mean so many things to us. Perhaps there's a time to walk away from dead places. Perhaps there's a time to walk away from dead people. But I want to put it into this, walk away from dead mindsets. You see, in the city was a mindset of death. We're starving. They were doing the most horrific things because they were under so much pressure and in such distress and turmoil. There was death in the city. It never ceases to amaze me, you know, how some people hang around dead things. They... They hang around things that aren't bringing life. They just bring death. The more you hang around death, the more you're going to experience the death that the enemy wants to bring into your life. When I'm talking about death here, I know it's not a very happy thing to be talking about. But you know what? The Bible talks about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law of sin and death. And that's speaking about all the things that are arrayed against the kingdom of God. God is a God of life and his life will drive out death. God is a God of love and his love will drive out fear. God is a God of joy. His joy will drive out heaviness. God is a God of light. His light will drive out the darkness. There is no place for us to be entertaining the spirit of death the 
attitudes of death, the mindset of death anywhere in our lives. Death is really the enemy of the kingdom of God and the enemy of the things of God. I'm not talking about when people pass away and go on in glory. I'm talking about death as a principle in our lives. You know what? Some entertainment on TV just pours out death. Some things, you know, that just come through the airwaves, some things that people sing about or rap about or speak about, just pour out death. They're not bringing life. They're not bringing zeal or abundance. They're not bringing joy. They're just bringing something that wants to destroy your life. And these four guys, they were so good. They said, if we go into the city, there's death there. So we don't want to go into the city. There's no point in staying here because there's death here. We want to walk away from death. You know, perhaps there's a toxic type of a relationship that you're engaged in right now. And of course, this is too general to be talking about on the airwaves, really, and talking about, you know, a toxic type of a relationship. And sometimes you've got to stay in there and fight for it. But other times you've got to say, I'm going to walk away from this. I will not entertain this in my life. Perhaps you're involved in a toxic job and there's a toxic environment in the workplace. And perhaps there's a fear that says, you know what, if I you know, if I don't stay here, you know, perhaps I won't ever get another job. Of course, you need to be led by the Holy Spirit here. And I believe in influence that actually the joy and the life on the inside of us can bring change in the middle of the dead situations. Absolutely. But there's also a time to say, you know what, enough's enough. I, I refuse to subject myself to this environment of death anymore. I'm going to walk away from dead things. That can be dead people, that can be dead situations, dead places, dead um, attitudes, dead habits. Come on, there's a time to walk away from dead things. Here we are early on in 2021. Let this year be a year of life, the abundance of life. Perhaps there's something that you need to walk away from in your own experience, in your own life and say, you know what? I refuse to hang around dead things anymore. That's my first point. The second point here today is get up and do something. That's really at the heart of this story, isn't it? He says these four guys, they say, why sit here until we die. We've got to get up and do something. And so often when there's discouragement around or where there's bad news around, people just want to sit down and do nothing. They just want to say, oh, there's just nothing I can do. What can I do? I can't defeat the enemy. I can't provide food. I can't this. I can't that. And we look at the things we can't do where God says, what can you do? You can get up and start to do something. You can start to walk. You can make that phone call. You can apply for another job. You can apologize again in the marriage. You can, come on, get up and do something. There is always something that we can do. It doesn't even say they prayed about it and said, God, what do you want us to do? They, they just got going. It's far easier to steer a car if it's already rolling. And sometimes God wants to steer our lives, but he's saying, I can't do anything with you while you're sitting down. Come on, get up and start walking. Get up and start to move. It says they rose up. You know what? The power is in the rising. Just stir something up on the inside. At the very start here, they weren't thinking of defeating an army. They were just saying, we're not staying here. They didn't have all the plan all mapped out before them. They just said, we're not staying here. They didn't have all the answers how to set the city free. They just said, 
We're not staying here. We're going to get up and we're going to do something. We're going to put our hand to something. You know, there are times when perhaps, our, you know, discouragement's trying to get in or frustration or, or something or there's fear, you know, flying around or there's hopelessness flying around. That's not the time to just sit down. And there are times I think, you know what, I'm just going to get up and do something. It can be something really practical. It doesn't have to be something really spiritual. It could be, come on, you get up and have a meal. It could be get up for me. It's go down to the end of my garden to the man cave and do something in my shed with a motorbike or with my lathe or with my clear the place up is normally what I have to do because I tend to leave things in a bit of a mess sometimes. So I have to clear it up. Get up and do something. Don't just sit and vegetate. Get up and do something. Ring somebody and say, hey, how about we go out for a coffee? Phone somebody, do a FaceTime with somebody. Come on, get up and do something. You know, a great thing to do is to think, who can I encourage? Who can I help? Not just who can do something for me, but who can I do something for them? That's perhaps a different point. Um, but get up and do something. Now, the interesting thing here, it says it's twilight. That's not the time in the natural to get up and do something. You'd normally think, well, let's get up in the morning when the sun's shining and let's move in the morning. But you know what? It's always a time to get up and go for it. No matter if it's the middle of the night, what a great time to praise God. You know, perhaps you can't sleep. Perhaps it's three o'clock in the morning and your mind's worrying. That's a great time to put on a podcast. That's a great time to listen to this again. That's a great time to put on a praise tape. Come on, don't wait until the morning. Do it now. Do something. Why wait here until we die? Let's go now. Yeah, but it's twilight. Doesn't matter. I'm stirred to move now. Yeah, but the night time's coming. Doesn't matter. Come on, let's stir something up and let's do it now. My third point here today is you are bigger than you appear to be. I didn't really know what to call this point because there's so many things I could say, but I love this. These four guys, eight feet, they didn't start to march. They just started to drag themselves, really. They just started to walk. They weren't marching. They weren't stirred in that sort of a sense of we're going to be the army. But you know what God did? He took their rise up attitude and he amplified it and he caused their eight feet being dragged along in pain to sound like the army, in fact, a great and mighty army. The Bible says that he made it sound like many thousands. Um, where is it? It says, um, it says in verse um, six there, I think it is, for the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses from eight feet being dragged along. He caused them to hear something that wasn't there. The sound, the Bible says, the noise, in fact, not even a sound, I love that noise. It sort of speaks of, of this great thing that God stirred up. It wasn't just a sound, it was a noise. It was intimidating to the enemy. And you know what? The enemy wants to intimidate you, but if you just start to rise up, if you just start to walk, that turns into something that God can use to intimidate the enemy. God will cause you to seem to be bigger than you really are. Sometimes we think we've got to be this incredible, victorious thing, person. And God says, you know what? 
I'm really skillful at taking the things that are naught to bring to nothing the things that are. To take the little things to destroy the big things. To take the little things that think they're nothing. They're grasshoppers in their own eyes. Yeah, but they don't live by that. They say, come on, let's go and do it. And the enemy flees. Why? Because God can take you as you are. As you rise up and say, I'm going to do something, God will cause you to be bigger than you really are. The sound they made was not the sound of an army. The sound they made was sort of scraping of feet and dragging of feet and kicking of stones as they just began to go towards the Syrian camp. But God turned, in that, turned that into a noise of an incredible army. But then something else happened. Absolutely brilliant. It says this. Listen to what the Syrian says. It says, he caused them to hear. Now we're getting into verse, um, I think, yeah, verse 6, 7 and 8 down there. 6 and 7. They caused them to hear the noise of chariots and horses, the great army. And the Syrians said, look. I'm going to say that again. They heard the noise of chariots and horses, the sound of a great army, and their response was, look, the king of Israel has got all these allies and all these armies are coming against us. Look, look at what is happening. It's absolutely incredible that what you hear becomes your vision. What you hear becomes what you see. Now that works in the good in the good way, so that when we hear the voice of God, we see the vision of God. There's Habakkuk. Um, it says in Habakkuk chapter 2, it says about watch, stand on the rampart, and look to see what the Lord will say. If that was normal English, it would say, listen to hear what the Lord will say. But it doesn't. It says, look to see what the Lord will say. And there's a principle in the spirit, really, and in the kingdom of God, but in everything, really, that what you hear becomes what you see. And God will use that against the enemy. So often the enemy tries to use that against us. He'll, you'll hear a bad report, and that's what you begin to see for your life. And that's how the enemy deceives. That's how the enemy destroys but God's used that same thing against the enemy. They heard the, the noise of a great army and that became their vision. That's what they saw. They saw a great army. They didn't see it with these, army, with these eyes. They saw it in their imagination. And that's an incredibly powerful principle that as we get up and do something, and as we start to make a sound, God will turn that sound into a noise of victory and God will cause that noise of victory to be what the enemy sees over your life. 
You know what those spies said? We're just like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and so we were in theirs. What you see about yourself is going to be what the enemy sees about you. But come on, if you start to move, if you, you know, if we start to stir ourselves up, that sound becomes a noise, that noise becomes an attitude, that attitude becomes a vision, that vision becomes something that the enemy can also see. And the response of the enemy was the enemy ran away in stark terror absolutely brilliant. In Christ, we are more than conquerors. We are champions. And that's how the devil sees us when we start to make a sound. I hope you're getting something out of this. I'm really excited about this. Point number four, we are blessed to be a blessing. Um, It says here, after they go to the enemy camp and they find all this stuff, they start to eat it. They hide it. They think this is our spoil. But then something gets them in their heart and they go, hang on a minute. This isn't right. This isn't right. You could say this, we're blessed to be a blessing. He says, this is a day of good news. And I want to encourage us today that as we walk into the victories that God has for us, always keep your eyes on the principle of the kingdom that we're blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. If all we do is receive, then we can eat some food, but that's it. That will be the end of the blessing. But the Bible says this over in Hebrews. It says it's more blessed to be a blessing than it is to receive. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Let me explain that a little bit. The empowering is in the giving. If all we do is receive what God has for us, well, that's great. That's fed us. That's clothed us. That's great. But there's no harvest tomorrow. But as we take what God has blessed us with and we sow it into other people's lives, as we are a blessing in other people's lives and the point where we are, then that's where the blessing is kicked into motion. That's when the harvest can start to be reaped. I've heard this said so many times. You know what? I'll start to give when I start to earn a certain amount of money. And I always think that's such a sad attitude to have, really. That's such a sad position to be in. Because if all you're doing is receiving, if if there's no sowing from the point where you are, then there's no blessing to empower the rest of your life. You know, some people say, well, I'll encourage somebody else when I'm encouraged. No, you start where you are, because as you sow, the blessing of God starts to be released and the encouragement comes back. As we sow, the blessing of God is released and the blessing of God comes back to our lives. The harvest that we have in God can start to be received and then we can be more of a blessing, then we can receive more, then we can be more of a blessing. This is the life cycle. And these guys got it absolutely right. They were blessed to be a blessing. They didn't get greedy. They didn't get possessive about the good things. So many times as people are blessed by God, they you know, become more self-sufficient and they step away from the things of God. And it was the goodness of God that got them there. And yet because of success, because they start to be self, you know, self-successful, and I put it like that, that they start, you know, perhaps they stop tithing or perhaps they stop giving or perhaps, oh, I don't need to go to church anymore. I'm successful. And it's like, it was the goodness of God that got you to the victory. Come on, you're blessed to be a blessing. Point number five today is don't listen to the critics. 
they go back and they tell these guys on the wall and they say, hey, the Syrian camp's empty. They've all run away. And of course, they go and tell the king and the king says, it's a con. The king says, it's not true. It's a trap. But I love the response of one of these servants. One of these servants says this. Come on, can we just go and look? They were very honoring. I think they basically said, oh, come on, king, get a grip. But they didn't say it like that because they would have lost their head properly. So they said, you know, how about we just go and have a look? You know what? There will always be critics about your life, but you will find faith somewhere right in the middle of it. You will find faith somewhere right in the middle of it. And these guys said, come on, let's go and see the goodness of God. They were blessed to be a blessing, absolutely brilliant. And then they tried to pass it on. That could have been stopped right there. The king could have said no, and they could have stayed in famine. Unbelievable. But it was these servants and they said, you know what, even though other people are saying it ain't going to work, other people are saying it's a trap, even the king is saying it's not going to work. Come on, let's get out there and let's walk by faith and not by sight. I know we covered that a little bit last week, but you know what? These four lepers, absolute heroes in the Bible, they stirred something up on the inside. They said, come on, we're not going to wait here. We're not going to sit here. We're not going to vegetate. We're going to rise up on the inside. The word to rise up means to rouse yourself out of sitting down, lying down, disease, death, ruin, obscurity, inactivity. They said, we're not going to sit here being ineffective. We're going to stir ourselves up. And as a result, God moved. I want to encourage you today to rise up and go for it. To rise up and do something. To, uh, yeah, but Pastor Jay, I don't know what to do. Just start walking. Yeah, but Pastor Jay, I don't know who to call. Just call somebody. Just start the ball rolling. Just get something going. Take up your bed and walk. Come on, stretch out your hand. Say something. Do something. You know, perhaps you've stopped coming to church. Come on, stir yourself up and get back into the family of God. Don't be a coal out of the fire. Get right back into the heater. Yeah, but I'm having time out. No, too much time out. Come on, let's get back into the things of God. And I know Citygate here is firing on all cylinders right now. I tell you what, the presence of God has been absolutely amazing here on a Sunday and in the prayer meetings. Absolutely incredible. Even with masks and socially distanced, you know, situation here. There's a group of people who say, come on, we got to do something. I'm not going to sit down till COVID's over. I'm not going to sit down until the vaccines happen. I'm not going to sit down. We're going to be wise and we're going to do what is the right thing to do. But come on, let's start to walk towards the enemy camp. Let's take back that which the enemy has stolen. Who knows what God can do as we start to walk God turns that into the sound of a mighty army and chariots and the noise of victory. The shout of the king is in the camp and God says, come on, I'm going to use that against the enemy and I'm going to put fear into the heart of the enemy. They're going to flee and you're going to come out in victory. You're going to come out on top. Start to walk. Start to jump for joy in the things of God. Start to lift your hands in, in the things of God. Start to sing a song of praise. Start to give again. Start to be an encourager in the lives of the people around you. Come on, get up and do something because the victory is assured in Jesus' 
mighty name. Come on, let's pray, shall we? Father God, we thank you that you are the God again of the great turnaround. And Father God, so often we can identify with the things that aren't going right and death here and death there and hopeless situations. But Lord God, we stir ourselves up today to arise and start to walk, to arise, start to put our hand out by faith. And like King David said, I put my hand out and God broke through. And Father, we thank you today for your anointing, which right now destroys every yoke and removes every burden. We thank you today, Father God, that there is great victory in the name of Jesus Christ, that the enemy will flee. As your word says, Lord, we are as bold as a lion, but the enemy flees when even there's no one chasing him. Why? Because he hears and he sees the sound of the armies of God and the power of the name of Jesus and the victory of the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, today that your kingdom is forcefully advancing. Lord, we don't even have to be a great army. We just have to get going. And Father, you will work with that and you'll bring us through into the victory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Wow, wow, wow. There is power in the name of Jesus Christ to bring you through into your victory. But at the very start of all of that is the greatest decision of your life. And that is this, to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Saviour. You know, something else that we could say about these four guys here is that they had a skin disease that in the Bible is compared to a person being dead in their sins, in their trespasses outside of God. And I want to encourage you today that perhaps you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, but today is your day. Just like these four guys, they got up and they said, we're not going to sit here any longer. We're going to go into, I could say this, we're going to go into the plan of God for our lives. And I want to encourage you today, how you do that is to pray a simple prayer and say, Jesus, will you come into my life? Be my Lord and my Saviour. So I'm going to encourage you to pray that prayer right now in Jesus' name. Come on, let's pray together. Why don't you say this with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you've demonstrated your love through sending your son to die on the cross to give me life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I receive you now as my Lord, my Saviour and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you. And by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. I receive eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you've prayed that prayer, God has brought the great turnaround into your heart. The Bible says you've gone from death to life, from being lost to being found. There are going to be other steps. We're going to encourage you to find a great church in your area. If you're anywhere near you know, Citygate Church in South East London, we'd love to see you here. There are great churches all over the UK or wherever you are online this morning but you need to get plugged into a Bible-believing church where it's full of life and full of joy. Um, other people are going to come on in just a minute, the hosts of Citygate here, and they're going to tell you about the next steps, how to engage with us. We'd love to send you a Bible and, and different things, but friend, God bless you, whoever you've been online today. Come on, why sit here until we die? Get up and do something, and God will show himself strong in the most amazing ways. God bless you, and I will see you next week for the next installment on Living for a Cause, the life of Elisha. God bless you. I'll see you next week.